This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world. Welcome to another Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. I think most of us would agree that we've been living in some interesting times, a lot of seasons of transition in personal lives, corporately, even in the life of the church and how the church influences society and our culture as a whole. You know, I was thinking about how even in the midst of all of that, the Lord is preparing His church to get in that posture of His presence to see a great harvest. Now, a lot of times we don't see that initially because we're so focused on what's right in front of us and the noise pollution around us and the sounds that we hear, the fodder we hear, the 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 things that are said and done about the church. But yet, we're reminded in the book of Jude that when we see these things approaching, when there's an increased apostasy or false teaching or even attack on God himself and the word of God and his church, that we need to be spiritually prepared and fit for that. And we've talked about in previous podcasts But I believe we are coming into another season of harvest if we would position ourselves in right heart and posture, uh, knee posture, obviously, but also in a heart of humility, and really seeking the Lord's first love in that place of holiness and honesty with ourselves, holiness before God, which is due His name, because the Bible says that, that we should worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness which is the glory due his name. I'm not talking about external piety. I'm not talking about some sort of pharisaical type of religiosity. I am talking about the place of surrender to God that says, God, it's not my will, but your will be done. God, it's about wanting to glorify you and to know you and to make you known. We've talked about in previous podcasts that even in the in Scripture, in the book of Daniel, chapter 11, verse 32, when we quote, those that know their God shall do great exploits, where well, the word is yada, Y-A-D-A, which is to know God, not in knowledge, but to know God in a relationship, interactive relationship, not about Him, but to have a relationship with Him. And in Philippians, the Scripture that kind of goes along with the word yada is talking about that those that we would know God and the power of His resurrection, to know God in the New Testament, in the Greek would be uh, to konosko. Again, yada in the old in the Hebrew in the Old Testament, konosko in the New Testament, meaning the same thing, is to know God, not about Him, not just to read about Him, to have a knowledge about Him, but to have a relationship with Him. It's in those kinds of relationships that we could do great exploits and be filled with the power of God to bring change to our communities, into our generation, and into our culture. You know, the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter both quote some scriptures in the book of Joel, chapter 2, and it speaks of the coming of the Lord. In fact, in Acts 2, the Apostle Peter quotes Joel, chapter 2, verse 32, ending with these words, And it shall be, it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And the Apostle Paul referenced the same portion of scripture in the famous Romans Road Salvation Scriptures. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 10, and verse 13 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So we see that Joel chapter 2 points not only to a season of warning, but also to a season of harvest. 
And if we, we go back and reread scriptures like Joel 2 or in Malachi 4, if we go back and, and read in, in Acts chapter 2, throughout scriptures, the Romans wrote, of course, it's riddled with this idea that if we would posture ourselves in having a relationship with God, then these other things would be the benefits. But also he warns as a whole, a generation about the righteous judgments of God. And I believe we're living in that kind of time right now. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that there was by divine warning that Noah built an ark. In dark days and in a time of judgment, Noah's ark became an instrument of salvation for not only Noah and his family, but even as a symbol of God's scarlet plan of redemption for the future. So this is, I believe, the calling of the church. We're in a season of, I believe, divine warning. It's a trumpet call from the Lord to get to awaken from our slumber as we're to prepare an ark now, but not an ark for destruction, but as an ark of redemption, an ark of his presence, an ark where we can, as the church can be an instrument of salvation in a time of shakings going on around us. Hi, my name is Marlene Yo, and I direct Somebody Cares New England, located here in Haverhill, Massachusetts. In 2002, when I met Dr. Doug Stringer, from the beginning we knew that God had knit our hearts together with the same city-transforming DNA. Doug and the team of Somebody Cares has invested in this location, in our lives, and in my life personally, in a myriad of different ways. One story to tell you is this. They found out that we were doing an outreach here in our neighborhood, and both Doug and Jody paid their own way to come here to invest and to serve what God was doing here in our neighborhood. That's not unusual for the team of Somebody Kids to find out a need and to meet it. And if you're interested in being involved in something that's bigger than yourself, something that is literally changing the world, something that is a net that works, then I advise you and encourage you to look up somebodycares.org and you will find plenty of ways to get involved. People need to know that they can run to the church and the church will point them to the Lord. And in that place, in the presence of the Lord, darkness is dispelled, light is brought forth, and and people are saved, healed, liberated, and delivered. In fact, in dark days, it is the children of light who will point many to Christ. As the sons of God are revealed, this earth's salvation is near, Romans 8, 19-22 says. Our assignment in this season is simple, I believe, to warn, at the same time to gather souls. Just as animals were gathered and brought into Noah's ark, so the Spirit of God is gathering souls to be brought into the ark of refuge, the church, to point people towards the Lord. In fact, I wrote this down years ago, just just like the old song, lift Jesus higher, lift Jesus higher for the world to see. Jeremiah speaks of the horsemen, and he says, as the horsemen approach and the storm clouds gather, I believe our message should be this. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God has given us the privilege of drawing others to Him. As we lift Jesus higher, proclaiming His name, He will draw all men to Himself. The great harvest of souls, I believe, is here, is at hand, and is coming because the kingdom of God is here and is coming and is at hand. You know, when Jeremiah spoke of, he says that if you can't handle with the footman, how can you handle when the horsemen come? 
And I shared in a previous podcast that there was a, a vision that a former staff member of ours had back in the early 90s. And it was more actually a dream. And they woke up and had this this reoccurring dream and came and shared it with us. And it seemed to be filtered through God's Word. It was similar to reminding us of the importance of being able to handle it when the horsemen come. And the dream this person had was there was all these saddled horses going towards battle. But interesting in the dream, there was nobody on the horses, but they were saddled up. And so from that, I wrote an article in 1995 that said, if we will go, he will come. And the point was, wherever we go, it says in Scripture, wherever Jesus was about to go, the disciples went first, preparing the way. And I really felt strongly that the Lord is saying to the church, we need to step out in faith. We need to step out. And wherever we go, if we've been in the presence of God, His presence goes with us, and God will begin to do a work in and through the church, in a community, in a neighborhood, in a in a nation. I believe it's that time for the church to step out in faith and to, to get on the saddled up horses and to go into a spiritual battle for the souls of men. Because there really is a battle for the soul of our generation, a battle for the soul of, I, you know, I know, the nation I live in, in the United States. There's been a battle going on, and all these things are distracting us instead of getting back on focus of what God's purposes is for us. When Jesus uh, was speaking to the Samaritan woman and his disciples came to him, and they said, Jesus, you need to get something to eat. You haven't eaten. And he said, my food is to do the will of the Father who sent me. In other words, he has, I have food you don't understand that I have. What he's saying is my complete satisfaction, my fulfillment is not in, in the things of this world or the food that satisfies temporarily, but my food comes and my satisfaction comes from the Father. And you know, and he goes on to say, look up. From where? From And I look at his, our own two feet. Look up. Behold, the fields are ripe and white unto harvest. There are so many needs out there. And if we get our eyes off of self and being self-absorbed and being self-centered or self-righteous, if we get our eyes on the needs of our generation and the needs of our communities around us, then God says, look up and get, look up. Quit looking at your own self. Look up and see there's so many needs out there. Step out. If you will go, I believe the Lord is saying He will come, and if we've been in His presence, His presence will go with us, and we'll begin to see lives transformed and changed. Speaking of Jeremiah, I was rereading chapter 42 of Jeremiah recently, and it really is talking about the people of God, a nation coming to Jeremiah and saying, look, uh, we've been going through a lot of difficulties and struggles here. We really need God's wisdom. And in fact, they go on to say to him, if you will go seek the Lord for us, And whatever God says, we will do it if we like it or not. In other words, if it's good or bad, whatever God says, we will obey. So Jeremiah accommodates them. He goes out and it says, for 10 days, he sought the Lord. And when he came back, he told them what the Lord had said. Now, remember, they said, if we like it or not, if we like what, you know, we just want you to seek God and whatever God says, if we like it or not, we will obey. He goes for 10 days to seek the Lord on their behalf and comes back and says, here's what the Lord says. Now, let me just stop for a moment. How many of us have ever said, God, 
I want your will for my life. Whatever your will is, I want. God, I will go where you want me to go. I will do what you want me to do. Whatever you say, God, I want to obey. Like Jesus said in the garden, he said, not my will, but your will be done. The same when we pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's God's will be done, not my will be done. And yet, how many of us have ever said that in our walk with the Lord, in the journey with God? God, whatever you want, whatever your will is, I want your will because you're my Lord. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. And I will speak what you want me to speak. And yet, when we're confronted with moments, we have to be honest with ourselves. We, like the children of Israel, that Jeremiah had sought the Lord on their behalf, when they said, whatever God says, we're going to do it if we like it or not. And Jeremiah seeks the Lord for 10 days, comes back and says, thus and so, this is what God is saying. And the people turned on Jeremiah and said, you're a liar. You speak falsely. You're a hypocrite. No, that can't be God. How many of us have been like that where we say, God, I'll do what you want. And and the Lord begins to speak to our hearts because it doesn't fit with the context of our preconceived notions or ideas or our, what we want. We begin to turn and say, well, that can't be God. That's not the Lord. And yet we just got done saying to the Lord, we'll do whatever you want, whatever you want us to do. You know, I do believe just like what God is saying to us, I believe in the book of Jeremiah again, that a couple of things, if we can't handle with the basic battles of life, with the footmen, how are we going to handle it when when the horsemen come? And we're coming into a season, an acceleration of time that I believe the kingdom of God is at hand. As I've shared in a previous podcast, that even in the month of Elul, when Moses went into the Mount Sinai and sought the Lord for 40 days, and, and he came out, and some say around the time of Yom Kippur, which the beginning of Elul was the sixth month in the Hebraic calendar. In fact, that's just ending in 2019. Uh, began at the end of August and concluded sundown September 29th, 2019, which goes into the next month, which is the month of Tishri in the Jewish calendar, which is also the beginning of Rosh Hashanah. So Rosh Hashanah, the new year, the new era, the new beginning, it begins the sundown September 29th and started on September 30th, the full day, was this new month called the month of Tishri, but also is the beginning of Rosh Hashanah, the new year. And I, and I think that, as I've been saying for weeks now, and I've been hearing others saying the same thing, it's a time for us to, to reevaluate our own hearts, have a second circumcision of heart, so to speak. At the same time, we need new wineskins for what God is about to do in this new season, this new year, this time of new beginnings, a new era. God is doing something fresh, and He's going to shift things, and it's a new season for us to be prepared, and not just to sit back and just talk about the laurels of yesterday but to be prepared for the days ahead. Also, something God had been put in my heart last year out of the book of Nehemiah, because it, you know, as we've entered in on September 30th, the full day, the first day of Tishri in the Jewish calendar, happens to be sundown September 29th, all day September 30th of 2019, is now the new year and the month of Tishri for in the Jewish calendar. But if we look historically, God has done some significant things in patterns that we can look to. Not that we live on dates and times and we don't try to speculate, but if you look historically throughout Scripture, God has done things on certain moments and times that have a consistent pattern to them, including the month of Tishri. 
And so in Nehemiah chapter 8, I shared, I think, uh, with some friends last year, I did a, a, a service on what I sense God was saying in the season of harvest, and I think we're really coming into more now. But in Nehemiah chapter 8, it, speak, it speaks specifically about Tishri, the first day of Tishri, which is also the, the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah. But it says here in chapter 8 of Nehemiah, now it says, on the seventh month came, the children of Israel were in their cities. Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in the front of the water gate. And they told Ezra, the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So it says on verse 2, So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women, and all who could hear with understanding, and it says, on the first day of the seventh month. That is literally the first day of that new year and the first day of the month of Tishri. So this is, they're gathering all the people together, and Ezra brings out the book of the law or the book of Moses and stands before the people on the first day of the month of Tishri, which was September 30th of 2019, which happens to be the new year also, because the Jewish calendar, we just ended the year 5779, and as of September 30th, we've now entered into the year 5780 in the Jewish calendar. So on the it says here on the on on verse 3 in Nehemiah chapter 8 then he read from it in the open square with which was in front of the water gate from morning until midday before the men and women and those who could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. And he goes on to say that he literally uh, took all the word, he began to stand on a platform above the people, and he held up the books of the laws he began to read, and it says the people stood up and responded. There was something about that moment on the first day of the seventh month, which the people recommitted, and I wrote this down last year, but I believe that there's something here that we can learn from, from Nehemiah and Ezra standing on the first day of Tishri, the new year, the the beginning of the first day of the, of the seventh month of, of Although it's the seventh month in the Jewish calendar, it's also their new year, which we call Rosh Hashanah. But the month of Tishri, first day, it's that they stood before the people. I believe as they recommitted to the book of the law of Moses, I believe as Christians, we should recommit to the Holy Scriptures and to the Holy Bible of God, that we ourselves would say, God, we are recommitting ourselves not just to the written word, but to the living word of God that gives life by the Holy Spirit to the written word, that we might walk in the fullness of a relationship. So we can, as I said earlier, yada and konosko, to really know God, not just read about him, but have a relationship with the Lord. And as we renew our covenant commitment to God and acknowledgement of the lordship of God in our lives, we'll recognize the greatness of God in our lives. And it goes on to talk about the distinction of what God was doing. You could read chapter 8 of Nehemiah. It's a beautiful chapter of what the Lord was doing as they began on the first day of the seventh month of that new year, which is, again, in the Jewish calendar, we call it the seventh month of Tishri in their Jewish calendar, but it's also the beginning of their new year. And so they call it Rosh Hashanah. And so September 30th of 2009 became the year 5780, also the first day of the month of Tishri, which was similar to what happened in Nehemiah chapter 8 uh, that goes and talks about them recommitting to the books of the law, the reading of the books of the law. And as for us as Christians, I believe it's a recommitment to an understanding of the Holy Scriptures, the living word himself, Christ in us, 
and the fullness of God, uh, you know, knowing Christ Jesus, the fullness of Christ and the Godhead bodily, that he will be full in our lives by relationship, that when we go, wherever we go, his presence will go, and the kingdom of God will be manifested. And uh, we've got to get away from our distractions and get back to our commitment of God's word and our commitment to live out the living word living in us and through us by the Holy Spirit. Now, another thing that's interesting, because this year in 2019, September 30th, is also the beginning of the 10 days of awe, the first 10 days of the month of Tishri, which I shared last uh, podcast, that we have a free downloadable daily devotion to kind of help you go through Scripture and have a focal point of each day of the 10 days of awe. You can go to somebodycares.org backslash reset and get a free download, a 10-day devotional, to go along with many millions around the world uh, looking to and celebrating the 10 days of awe. Well, I would say celebrate, they get ready for Yom Kippur, but also the celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles later. But the 10 days of awe, the first 10 days of this new year, the year 5780, there'll be millions around the world looking to and participating in the 10 days of awe going into Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement or the judgments of God, the laws of God, as Moses came out of the Sinai after 40 days on Yom Kippur to present the commandments of God or and the, the laws of God. For some believe that also Jesus went in the, the desert, led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, but led of the Spirit. But he sustained himself by committing to saying, it is written, to know the word, to speak the word, to speak with that authority, no matter what temptations, distractions come our way, help us to be able to be led of the Spirit, full of the Spirit, using God's word in the midst of our circumstances so we're not distracted or tempted by the works of the flesh or the things around us. So also in the month of Tishri, because September 30th, the 10 days of all, so go to somebodycares.org backslash reset if you want the free download to go with the daily devotion that you can do on your own. And then we go into Yom Kippur, which is a day of atonement. It's the, the laws of God. It's the place of God's judgment. It's a place this next 10 days is for the preparation of, of our own hearts. So we enter into this new season that we can be prepared for what God wants us to do about, about harvest rather than having to be reawakened. We can have our hearts ready for this season of the of the trumpets are being blown. The first day of Rosh Hashanah, the trumpet blows. We see in Scripture that the trumpets are being blown. In fact, uh, we see Scriptures like... In Leviticus chapter 23, verse 23 to 25, the Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, on the first day of the seventh month, that's the first day of Tishri, which is uh, uh, September 30th, 2019, or, or is the first day of Tishri for, in the Jewish calendar. On the first day of the seventh month, you are to have a day of Sabbath rest, a sacred assembly commemorated with trumpet blasts. And then it also says in Numbers 29.1, on the first day of the seventh month, the first day of Tishri, hold a sacred assembly and do no regular work. It is a day for you to sound the trumpets. And of course, Scripture is riddled with when the last trumpet blows. This is that season. I mean, I'm not saying this is when it's going to happen, that the, that the Lord's going to rend the skies, but God seems to have a pattern of time and seasons that He does things throughout Scripture. So I'm just saying that it's symbolic for us to be able to look to these seasons to say, God, I want my heart right. I want to take personal reflection, have a second circumcision of heart, so to speak, to prepare an ark of refuge for as you shake things up, you're going to bring people in and we will be able to use, but be used by God to be able to direct people to Christ and to find their place of hope instead of the place of judgment. 
And so here we are, and also it says on the 21st day of uh, the month of Tishri, which this year will be sundown, begins sundown October the 19th, and full day October the 20th, 2019 of the year 5780, would be the 21st day of Tishri, which is spoken of in actually Haggai chapter 2, which is very interesting to me, because it says in chapter 2, verse 1, in the seventh month, which is Tishri, on the 21st day of the month, which this year happens to be uh, sundown October 19th, going into the full day October 20th, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, and he speaks to Zerubbabel, he speaks to the, uh, which is the governor of the territory, he speaks to Joshua, the high priest, and he speaks to the remnant of the people and all the people. And he begins to speak to them and he begins to encourage them by saying, remember this, remember God's word that is covenanted with you. And remember that his spirit remains with you and among you. Do not be in fear. So what is God saying to us? That all these challenges may come before us. And it says, it says, when I will shake all nations, God says in verse 9 in Haggai chapter 2, thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, uh, it is a little, for a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land. I will shake all nations and they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with the glory, says the Lord of hosts. Silver is mine. The gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. And he says, the glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in the place, this place, I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. So I know he's speaking literally of the glory of the latter temple of God. But he's also, I think, spiritually speaking to us today in the days in which we live, he's saying this is happening literally in Haggai 2, speaking that on the seventh month, which is the month of Tishri, the 21st day, that God speaks to Zerubbabel, Joshua, the high priest, and all the people. And he says, says, do not fear. He says, uh, be of courage. Do not fear. Know this. Uh, and hold on to the word that I've covenanted with you. And, and know that my spirit remains with you. So God is giving encouragement before he says, by the way, I'm about to shake everything up a little bit more. I'm going to shake up the nations. I'm going to shake up uh, sea and dry land. I'm going to shake up heaven and earth. You're going to see a lot of shakings, but don't let that dictate to you your response because God is saying, be of courage and keep working. Do not fear. No, my spirit is with you. My spirit remains with you. And remember what I have covenanted with you, my word I have covenanted. So when we hold on to God's word, and just like looking at Ezra in Nehemiah chapter 8, when you start out on the first day of the, of the month of Tishri and they stood out together, recommitted to God's word, recommitted to this place of holding on to the scriptures of God, just like we should do, then whatever we go through, we have the word of God. Because what's that old saying that what goes in is what comes out? If you have a cup of, a, a cup and you fill it with a bunch of water, keep flowing, it's going to overflow water. But if you fill it and keep filling it with, with mud or oil or something else, it's going to overflow with whatever you put into it. What goes in comes out. And I think it's important for us to, to saturate ourselves with the presence of God through worship through adoration of the Lord in that yada Konosko relationship and to fill our cups full of the purity of God's word and his holy and his and his water, the, the rivers of living water that never run dry. And it and it comes from a water source that never ceases, which is a living water. So we have a well, you have a well, I have a well, but the Lord is the Lord of our lives. And if we allow him to flow in us, our well will never run dry because it comes from a water source that never ceases. I pray often, Lord, help me to draw from 
from that well that you provide for each of us, because I know it comes from your water source, the throne of grace, the mercy seat of God, which I desperately need in my life. And that's true for each and every one of us. So I would encourage you today, as we've entered into this season that we're in, literally when I'm doing this recording, it's get ready for the 10 days of all, which is uh, September the 30th, 2019, which is also Rosh Hashanah, the, the new year of 5780 in the Jewish calendar. It's also the 10 days of all going into October 9th, which will be the 10th day, and which is Yom Kippur, which is the day of atonement. And uh, and then also going into the season uh, after the first day of, of Tishri, going into the 21st, which is October, sundown October 19th full day October 20th, which is interesting to me because it also concludes the Feast of Tabernacles this year. And so unbeknownst to us, as we are calling forth a global gathering for our 38 years of ministry and Somebody Cares Global Summit, we set our dates for October 17th for our gala and 18th and 19th for our summit, concluding uh, the evening of the 19th, which is the beginning of the 21st day of, of Tishri and the, and the 21st day of Spoken of Haggai. Uh, we didn't know that when we set those dates. It was based on a hotel availability and a use of a facilities that we're going to have on the, 7th, on the 18th and 19th after the gala on the 17th. It just so happens that was the place large enough and available for us. And so as we begin to look now, then all of a sudden we found out that uh, Awaken the Dawn and Tense America are doing things that week as well during the Feast of Tabernacles. And so we are actually uh, at the same location of the church we're going to have our Global Summit in Houston uh, on the 17th, 18th, and 19th. They're going to be doing 24-7 for those three days, concluding of the Feast of Tabernacles at the location of the church. So while we're having our summit on the inside... Uh, people will be coming and going. They're going to have a tent of worship 24-7 in conclusion of the Feast of Tabernacles. None of us knew at the same time as we were setting these dates that it was going to happen to conclude on the end of Feast of Tabernacles and uh, on the 21st day, the beginning of the 21st day of the month of Tishri, which we see where Haggai speaks that the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the former. I believe that we're about to see an outpouring of God's presence. There's no coincidence with God. There's going to be an outpouring of God's presence if the church prepares an ark of refuge, if we get our hearts ready and we are recommitted to God's word and for his presence, wherever we go, his presence, he will come. I believe God's about to do something so significant if we truly would get our hearts right and say, God, what your will is, whatever you want, I will do. Wherever you want me to go, I will go. Whatever you want me to say, I will say. If we begin to recommit to God's word, his character, nature, and spirit, I believe that we're in a season, we're going to see some things shifting. And no matter what you see on the media, what goes on around us, the nations are raging, they're being shaken. The heaven and earth are being shaken. The sea and dry land has been shaken. We see an acceleration of all these natural crises and human crises and the nations raging. But God is getting us back to a place in the midst of all these tempting things, in the midst of all these challenges, if we keep our focus and fix our eyes on the Lord Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, I believe that if we commit to Him, the living Word, and commit to the living Word by His Holy Spirit, breathing life on the written Word and and quoting His Word, speaking His Word, the Zoe life we talked about before, I believe we're in a season, we're about to see a great harvest, we're about to see the great glory of God manifested in a corporate way, but we cannot do it according to institutionalized Christianity. We must be a people of relationship to Yada, to know our God, to do great exploits, to Konosko, to have that interactive not knowing about God, 
not just reading about Him, but knowing the Lord with relationship, empowered by the Holy Spirit, so we can see the presence of God manifested in and through His church, that we have been emboldened by His Holy Spirit to go forth. Wherever we go, He will come. The horses are saddled, and the question is, who will get on to ride them? Who will obey God? If we can't handle it when the footmen come, how can we handle it when the horsemen come? We're living in an accelerated season, I believe a season of harvest, a season of opportunity, if we would just say yes to God, walk in humility before Him, not live in self-righteousness or self-absorption or self-centeredness. In fact, I like what A.W. Tozer says, self is the opaque veil that hides the face of God from us. Oh, I want the presence of God. I want God's presence in my life. I need a renewed strength. I want new wineskins to handle what God's about to do. I believe that the world has all kinds of negative things and negative words, but I believe it's time to speak the word of truth, to speak the word of God, to speak the word of life, and to speak with the authority that God gives us to speak. Let's just take that step of faith. Let's be who God's called us to be. And let's not miss this window of opportunity. We are in a season, I believe, literally in, if we look historically to this moment, but I believe we're coming into not a coincidence time, but a providential moment to see God do some incredible things. I don't want to read about it. I don't want to sing about it. I want to be a part of what God's doing. How about you? We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.